We often talk about seasons. Turn to the person next to you and say, seasons. 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 In the natural, there's four seasons. Winter, spring, summer, and fall. And there are not only seasons in the natural, but there's seasons in the spiritual realm. First the natural, then the spiritual. And in Genesis 8, I'm going to read it to you, it says this, As long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease. So sorry, Al Gore, but the Bible says, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, Winter seasons will never, ever cease. Paul says to Timothy in his last letter, Timothy, be ready in season and out, which suggests there's times when we are out of season, but the word of the Lord that came through Paul is, I want you to be ready in whatever season you're in. Be ready, Timothy, in season and out. Be ready, be ready, be ready, be prepared, another translation says, in every season. And I think there's a season that perhaps we don't often talk about, and it's the fifth season. It's the season in between seasons. And this weekend has been a perfect example of the fifth season, where you're not quite sure what season it is. The day before, it's sun shining and you can get a suntan, and the next day, you're shoveling snow again. And then here we are today, it's bright and sunny. There's no snow on the roads, but there is on the grass, and it's 50 degrees outside, and you're like, what on earth is actually going on? We're not in spring, but we're not. We shouldn't be in winter, but is it really spring? And you can hear the birds are confused, and, and it's, this, it's this funny in-between season, which I want to call the fifth season, which is a season we often don't talk about, which is not only true in the natural, but also true in the spiritual. There are seasons when we're in between, and it's not quite clear. Is the page turned? Does it not turn? Is it, is it turned? Does it not? And... Is it winter, is it spring, is it summer, or it's fall? It's like that time when the snow is finally gone, which hopefully now the snow is finally gone, but there's still slush. There's still, the snow isn't beautiful and white anymore. It's got oil in it, and it's, and it's slushy, and it's sludgy. Or at the end of fall, when winter's about to come, and you've got all the leaves on the ground, and you've tried to get them up, and then a whole bunch more comes, and then before you can scoop them all up, the leaves freeze, and then it snows, and you've got this in-between season. And I think in the spiritual it's also true, when you're in a place of transition, when we're going from one place to another, when God has turned, as he has with this church family, turned a page and we've gone from one chapter to another, it's important that we recognize that we are still in between seasons. There's still a season of transition, although God has spoken, and although God we have obeyed, and although we've acted exactly on what God said we should do, there's still this period of transition. It's a period of the fifth season. And I think we need to talk about that, and we are, and, and know how to grab a hold of that. Is that okay? But we are, as I've said the last few weeks, 
Um, the whole theme of 2019 is Daniel chapter 11, verse 32 from the King James Version. And it says this, those that know their God will be strong and do great exploits. And we've taken this year into, four, into three different parts. The first is to know God. The second is to be strong. And the third one is to do great. And we're coming to the end, certainly not because we've exhausted this, but what it is to know God. And we've talked about prayer. We've talked about fasting. We did a 40-day fast. Some of, of us went through the whole 40 days. Others did an intermittent fast. Some people fasted different things. But we came to the end of that and now we're, as we go into, into May, we're going we're gonna to go into what it means to be strong. And I, I believe God wants our families to be strong. I believe God wants this community to be strong. Community, common unity. There's unity in community. There's community in unity. Psalm 133 says, where there is unity, God commands a blessing. And it's easy that to, in times of transition, when we're vulnerable, to, to, to not stay together. And, but I believe God, more than ever before, as we go into this whole thing of strength, God wants to build us together strong in community. And there's a joy of just being together. There's a joy in doing life together. In Acts chapter 2, verse 42, it says, after, after they, they, they heard the gospel in the book of Acts for the first time, it says this, and they devoted themselves, they gave themselves to teaching, and the very next thing is fellowship. It's a Greek word, koinonia, which means shared life. The very next thing they did is they shared life. Just being real, being honest. And talking about seasons it's really, somebody asked me the other day, they called me from another country, Dan, how are you doing? I just said, I'm just doing great. I almost felt a bit bad. Because I'm aware of the challenges that some people are going through, friends, challenges that friends are going through, loss, pain, bereavement, so many different things. But in all of it, I just think, gosh, just in a season of just, I'm just loving life. Life is great. You ever gone through a season and just like, it seems like all the lights just keep going green? You know? But you've been through enough where they all seem to go red. <laughs> so I want to encourage you, wherever this message today finds you, you may be like, I just can't understand. I feel like I'm on the top of a mountain right now. What are you doing down there in a the valley? Come up here. <laughs> but if you're in the valley, if you're in the valley, it's... It can be really tough. That's why, listen, that's why the Bible says, laugh with those who laugh, weep with those who weep. If you're going through a great season of harvest, enjoy it. Don't make any apology for it. But as we grow in maturity, that there's a place where we can also reach down and bless other people who are going through a season of winter, or they're in a valley, or they're going through a low place, or a dry place, or a place where they just don't really know what's going on. Amen? So I'm going to pray and then we're going to get into the word, right? Again, Holy Spirit, we thank you for your word. We thank you that this is your voice in print. We thank you that this is the only book that we'll ever read where you, the author, are always present. 
And Holy Spirit, right now, as we read your voice in print, ask that you would fill this room, that you would touch us, even through the foolishness of preaching, that your word, which is alive, which is living, which is active, which never returns void, would touch us deep inside of ourselves. Holy Spirit, I ask that even through these words, as we unpack this today and look at your word together, that we would find ourselves in these verses, we'd find ourselves in this story, we'd find ourselves, and that you would meet us there. And wherever we're at, whatever season we're at, if we're in season one, two, three, four, or five, in between, that you would meet us, that you would touch us, that you would encourage us. In Jesus' name, amen. If you turn with me, if you will, to Ezekiel chapter one. This uh, message is probably one of my favorite messages of all time. I, I, I probably haven't preached it here for about maybe four years, maybe five. So if you have heard this before, um, you know, the Bible says the scribe brings out the old and the new. And so I'm just going to touch on some of these things. I think I've heard this message before, but I want you to hear it in the context of seasons, in the context of seasons. And understanding, and this is, this is this, the purpose of today, and I just I felt impressed, and this word come alive. You know, you can preach yesterday's message, but you can't preach under yesterday's anointing. There has to be an anointing. You can sing a song which was anointed last month and sing it this month, and it's just not got the same anointing. But why? And that's why it's important that we continue to always move forward, that we don't build monuments to the past. That's why the Bible says, sing a new song to the Lord. There's always new revelation. Paul prayed in Ephesians chapter 1, I pray the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you may know him better, the hope to which he's called you. So there's more, and I believe this, that God, the Holy Spirit is just breathing fresh on this word, so it may be something you've heard before, maybe you've not heard it ever before, but um, I'm not going to tell you the title. You're just going to have to stay with me. So, Ezekiel chapter 1. In the thirteenth year of the fourth month, on the fifth day, I was among the exiles at the Kebar River, and the heavens were open, and I saw visions of God. Everyone say visions of God. Visions of God. Here is Ezekiel, and he's, he, he is seeing visions of God. That's powerful. What is it when he saw a vision of God? What did he see? And there's something, there's some things in this message that we can glean about the very nature of God, and through it today, something about seasons as well. Verse 4, I looked and I saw a, a, a windstorm coming out of the north, an immense cloud with flashing lightning and surrounded them by brilliant light. In the center of the fire looked like glowing metal and in the fire was what looked like four living creatures in appearance. Verse 10, their faces looked like this. Each of the four had the face of number one a man, number two a lion, number three an ox, and number four an eagle. So here we have Ezekiel in Ezekiel chapter one. And if you read at the beginning, he says, I saw wheels within wheels and the spirit of God was in the wheels. And then he saw a fire and then it was very bright. And in the middle, he saw there was flashings of light and he saw four living creatures. And then he saw their face. And in the face, remember, this is a vision of God. In, in the vision of God, he saw the face 
of a man, the face of an ox, the face of a lion, and the face of an eagle. There is something about the man, the ox, the lion, the eagle, about each one of those that we can learn something about the very nature of God. Man, for example, we got God made man in his own image. We've, we've looked at the ox before, so I'm not going to stay on there. But, there's, but the lion, he is the lion of the tribe of Judah. He is. The devil prowls around like a lion. He's not a lion. He prowls around like a lion. But the righteous, Proverbs 28 verse 1 says, are as bold as a lion. So we are as he is. So there's something about a lion. A lion is at the top of the food chain. A lion sleeps on his back. In the middle of the day, he has no fear. There's something about a lion. That's why we love Aslan from C.S. Lewis's books. There's something about the lion that speaks of majesty. And it's biblical. It's right here in Ezekiel chapter 1 where Ezekiel saw visions of God and he sees the very face of a lion. I've said this before, but I'll say it again just because I love it. But the lion is not the tallest animal in the jungle. It's not the strongest animal in the jungle. It's not the fastest animal in the jungle. It hasn't got this big, the biggest mouth in, of any animal in the jungle. There are other animals that can outsmart a lion, outrun a lion. They can climb higher than, the, than a lion. They're bigger. A hippopotamus can stamp on a lion. And so can an elephant. A hippo can kill a lion in one mouthful. But there is a reason why the lion is the top of the food chain. And the reason is simply this. Because he believes he is. Church, we have to believe who God says that we are. Amen? So, we're not talking about lions. And the other was the face of an eagle. Everyone say eagle. And this is where I want to hone in. I'm not going to stay very long on this. I'm going to hone right in and I'm going to pull back out and then we're going to just, we're going to pray. But the, but the face of an eagle. Turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 32 and verse 11, if you will. Deuteronomy 32. Remember, we're talking about eagles. Everyone say eagles. Stay with me. The more loud you are, the faster I'll go. Are you awake, Sam? Okay, good. Um, Eagles, eagles, eagles. There's something Ezekiel saw, faces of God. There's something about the very nature of an eagle. And here, just hone in, go in with me. Deuteronomy 32. Here we go. Verse 11. Like an eagle that stirs up its nest and hovers over its young, that spreads its wings to catch them and carries them on her pinions. Like an eagle that stirs up the nest like an eagle that stirs up the nest. In Batavia, a few years ago, a few years ago, there was an eagle's nest. Did anybody see it? Right on Randall Road. And, and uh, the police would try and move cars on because they'd come from all over to see this beautiful, majestic eagle's nest that sat right on the top of the tree right there overlooking Randall Road on the way to Aurora. And the, the mother eagle would sit there and she would feed her young and you could see the eaglets sticking out of the top of the nest. But here in Deuteronomy 32 verse 11, the Bible says that as a mother stirs that nest and hovers 
over its young, then spreads her wings to catch them and carries them on its pinions. What the Bible is talking about is a mother eagle that actually begins to stir, to actually destroy the nest, to actually take the bottom of the nest away by clawing away at the straw, by clawing away at the sticks until these eaglets feel so vulnerable. They begin to look down and think, my gosh, it's a long way down. But there's something about the nature of God that we can learn from the eagle. And the eagle continues to, to claw away at the bottom of the nest until those eaglets begin to fall. And as they fall, the mother eagle will swoop down and catch them on her back, carrying them on her pinions. She would then take these eaglets up and seven times repeat the process where she would drop the eaglets and the eaglets would fall to the ground. And just as they were about to hit the ground, the mother eagle would swoop down and catch them again, take them to the top of the tree, to the nest, and drop them in the nest, which now has no floor, and the eaglets would begin to fall again. And she would repeat this until the eagles realized that they were actually designed to fly. And church, what I want to suggest to you today is there's something about God that we can learn from eagles. We're on this first section of, this, of Daniel 11.32, those who know their God. It's important in knowing God that we know his nature and we know what he's like. And I want to suggest to you there are times in our life where God stirs the very thing that is causing us to be comfortable. And the reason he stirs it is because we're getting comfortable just sitting and hanging out in a nest. And God says, I'm going to start removing away your floor because you're destined to fly. And there are times where we say, the devil's doing this, the devil's doing that. And I want to say, maybe it's not the devil, maybe it's God in his goodness and in his very nature who's actually provoking you and pushing you and stirring you because he sees what he's destined you to do. And that's to fly. This is it, folks. This is our life. I don't know about you, but life goes by so fast. And we can seize the day. We can grab a hold of the day and say, God, what are you doing? It's a good question to ask yourself, God, what are you doing in my life? Are you stirring something? Are you taking something away? Lord, I feel so vulnerable. And he says, well, I, I've called you to something greater. Those wings that I gave you, I gave them to you because I wanted you to fly. The next verse I want you to look at is Psalm 103. You will turn there with me, Psalm 103. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and all my innermost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits, who heals all, who forgives all of my sin, who heals all of my disease. He redeems my life from the pit, and he crowns you with love and compassion. He satisfies your desire with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. What? 
so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Could it possibly be that David the psalmist here knew when he's telling himself to praise the Lord, when he's commanding himself, when he's speaking to his soul, that he's actually knew something about eagles so that they would renew their youth like the eagles, to renew their youth like the eagles. When I read this, I started studying, and I, I did this many years ago, but yesterday I, I began to read and search and research some more on eagles, and like, ha, there's more gold on this. And the more I gathered and the more I dug, I thought, wow, this is incredible what scientists are finding out about eagles. Do you know many eagles live to 50 years old? Do you know some eagles can live up to 70 years old? That's incredible. Do you know it's about the age of 30 that when adults become, when eagles become adults, that they, many of them go through a molting process and many of them die? Do you think it was perhaps interesting that it was David at the age of 30 that something significant happened in his life? That the same was so for Joseph, the same was so for Jesus? That Jesus started his ministry at 30? Do you think it's interesting that it's around the age of 30, this majestic, beautiful bird called an eagle, which happens to be one of the images of God that Ezekiel saw in Ezekiel chapter 1, where he saw visions of God, that there's something about the eagle that we can learn about God's nature and the way he deals with us? And the way he is, and there's things that we can glean and learn about God himself and his nature, which we can apply to our everyday life. Like the fact that a, a mother eagle stirs up its, its eaglet's nest, causing them to fly because they're destined to fly. And here, here, now we see that there's a process of renewal. There's a process of renewal. What is this process? So I did some research. And there are seven things, I'm going to go through them really quickly, that happen in the process of many molting eagles. And it's, it's tragic. But remember again, the, 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 the context, the theme of today is seasons. Everyone says seasons. That we need to be ready in season and out of season. We need to understand the season that we're in. Because as surely as I live, says the Lord, there will always be seasons. There will always be cold and heat. There will always be winter and summer. There will always be seed time and harvest. Seed, they will never, ever cease as long as the earth endures. Genesis 8 verse 22. They will never cease. So in the natural there are seasons, and in the spiritual there are seasons, and there are seasons when we're in season, there are seasons when we're out of season, and there's a fifth season, a season in between. And these, the psalmist David has captured something here, and he says, so that your youth will be renewed like the eagles. But he starts off by saying, bless, bless the Lord, O my soul. All my innermost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, all my soul. Forget none of his benefits. It starts with this declaration of telling yourself, commanding yourself, speaking to yourself, I'm going to praise the Lord. We were just praying as elders yesterday, and, and at the end, it just I, I, I always sense the anointing of God when we just begin to say thank you. You know, I think we started out this season, I talked about prayer 
from, from Matthew chapter 6, and Jesus starts out how not to pray. He says, when you pray, don't pray like this. <laughs> and then he says, but when you do pray, pray like this. Close the door. And we talked about the door. Closing the door from media, closing the door from your thinking. Peter says, be clear-minded then so that you can pray. Much prayer is actually a list of things that we're worried about, a list of a, a to-do list for God. Lord, I'd like you to do this, and God, of course you know I've got this bill coming up, and you know this person's talking bad about me again, and it would be really nice if I had another job, and well, you know the situation with my mum and dad, and you know this situation. It's not actually prayer. It's just worry. It's just it's a list of anxiety. But then Jesus says, this then is how you should pray. So, let's go back to where we were. Psalm 103, this process of the eagle. The first thing that happens to in this season of molting is that the eagle will begin to lose its feathers. This majestic bird, this beautiful eagle, begins to actually shed its feathers. I read this yesterday, but some scientists say they will actually go up to the mountaintop and go back to the original nest that other eaglets have left, and they will go there to find, to basically go back to where, <laughs> where they began. They will renew their Youth, youth, so they'll go back, they will repeat. They will go back to that place of their youth. They will go back to that place. Man, I'm getting revelation as I speak. Remember your creator in the days of your youth. That you go back to that place where you first left, that first place of vulnerability. They would go back to that place and that's where they would go through the molting process. So they would sit. It's interesting that Jesus, when he commissions the disciples, he calls them to a mountaintop. In Matthew 28, with the Great Commission, he called his disciples to the mountain, to a high mountain, and he says, and he gives them the, the, the Great Commission, go and make disciples of all nations. That was on a mountaintop. When God wants to meet us, he wants to meet us in high places so that we can go through the low places. So this eagle, when starting to go through the molting process, number one, will lose its feathers. Number two, its eyesight will actually begin to go dim. Just very quickly on number one, where's Kim Severson? Kim, are you here? Kim, Kim you, you sang today about, I've got you covered. And as you were singing it, I just thought, there it is again. Covered. When, when we lose our feathers, we feel uncovered. When, when, a, when an eagle goes through a molting season, you just feel vulnerable. The very thing that I should have to keep me out of the cold, away from the elements, has been taken away. And the word of the Lord today is, I've got you covered. But in that season of feeling uncovered... The feathers come out. In the season of 
Malting, the second thing is your vision begins to go. Some of you are there right now. You're in that season. I could just see so clearly before. A healthy eagle can see a rabbit a mile away and pinpoint it and focus on it and go after it and kill the rabbit. But when, you're, well, when your eyes are going dim and you're going through the season, a season, a fifth season, I just can't seem to see anymore. I, I just don't have vision for my life. I've lost vision for, for my family. I've lost vision. Uh, where are we going? What's happening? I just don't know. I can't see like I once could see. Number three, the, the eagle's hearing begins to go in the molting season. Some of you are there. I used to be able to hear God's voice. I used to be able to hear that whisper. If he sang that song today, I love your voice, we're going to sing it again in just a moment. We're going to end with it. I will sing of the goodness of God. I love your voice. Somebody's like, Lord, I love your voice. I just can't hear it. It's a season. But there's something we can learn about the nature of God through eagles. Number four. An eagle's beak becomes callous. It becomes heavy, causing it to not be able to eat. Number five, because the beak is so heavy, his head bows. Under the weight of a callous beak, an eagle's head drops. You know, when we're in this place, When we're in the fifth season, whether we understand it or not, it's easy for shame to come in. It's easy for our head to bow and allow shame to come in. I once heard God's voice and now I can't. I used to hunt. I used to be able to devour the word. But now I can't. I used to have vision. But now I don't. I used to feel so protected. In fact... I was the protector, and yet I feel so vulnerable. The sixth thing is their talons, their claws, like the beak, become so callous that they can't actually hunt. They can't do anything. This morning, as I was writing, I thought, some people feel like that. I just feel useless I feel like I just exist and the seventh thing that happens to add insult to injury is this beautiful majestic bird the eagle begins to let off an odor a nasty odor don't worry this message is going to get better in a minute (laughs) just visiting this church (laughs) Bless the Lord, O my soul. From my innermost being, praise his holy name. He renews my youth like the eagles. He renews my youth like the eagles. There's something about eagles. There's something about renewing. There's something about restoration. Is there something we can learn about nature, about this animal, this majestic bird, about the very nature of God and how God works with us and how God deals with us? 
that we can like date the Psalm of David in a Psalm 103 who says, tells himself, bless the Lord, all my soul, and concludes, he renews my youth like the eagles. How does an eagle get renewed when he's an adult and he's getting to this age, a certain age, he's going through this season, this fifth season, this season in between where he doesn't like it and he can't, he, he, he feels uncovered and he can't see and he can't hear and he can't taste and he can't eat and he can't hunt and his head bows and he feels this sense of shame and on top of everything else he begins to let off this horrible odor when the Bible says that we should be the fragrance of God. And for some of you, even worshiping God, as great as worship is, it's a sacrifice. It's a sacrifice of praise. Just to lift up your hands, just to close your voice, just to, 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 to close your eyes, just to lift up your voice and say, I will serve you. I want to say thank you for your goodness to me. You've always been so good to me. You're like, I, I, that's a faith statement right now because I don't, I don't really feel that way. Some of you are there. And church, I want to say in the natural right now, we're in this fifth season. It's snowing and sunshining on the same day. And I want to suggest in the spiritual, there's the same thing. There's a shift going, but springtime is coming. Renewing is coming. Renewal is coming. He's going to renew our youth like the eagle. And as this bird sits there with all of these seven things in the place he started out, in the place of this nest, there is a scream comes way above him and it's another other eagles and scientists say they are eagles that are older eagles that have been through this season eagles that are more mature and they circle the molting eagles and as they circle high above in the sky they are as eagles do they shriek as eagles do and scientists say they are actually screams of encouragement and these eagles will then go and hunt for the molting eagles with their sharp talons and their sharp beaks and their great vision and their great hearing and their beautiful wings. And they will fly and they will catch the rabbit. They will kill, they will kill the eagles only eat fresh meat. Clean word. Fresh word. And they'll, only, they'll go and hunt for them and they will actually come down and drop fresh meat right in front of the molting eagles. When it, when it gets stormy and when the storms come, because the multi-eagles no, don't have all their feathers, the multi-eagles will come and cover them. Thank you, Kim. They will put their wings. Does that sound familiar? He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty under his wings. There's wings. There's, he wants to cover us. But when we go through these molting seasons, but these other birds will come and they will shelter them. They will cover them and protect them and get around them. And they'll start to get renewed. Scientists say there's one thing that eagles must do. They must Find a rock, spread out their wings, and lie in the sun. Does that sound prophetic to you? To lie on a rock, to lie on the rock, to bathe in the sun, 
S-U-N-S-O-N. Hello, does it sound prophetic to you that there's something about soaking in the sun? Does it sound prophetic to you that there's something that we have to do to lie on Jesus, to rely on Jesus, to go to the rock? And this is, this, does it sound prophetic to you, this beautiful picture of submission of these wings being spread out, lying on the rock face in the sun, while this beautiful eagle gets renewed? And suddenly, something happens. This beautiful bird, feathers start to grow again. His eyes start to come back into focus. His ears begin to hear again. That big calloused thing that was on the beak falls off. And underneath is a beautiful new sharp beak. Those talons begin to fall off. And fresh claws, fresh talons come out. The head that was drooped and dropped lifts up. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Be lifted up, you everlasting doors. Let the King of glory come in. It is unfitting for sons and daughters of the King to walk around with their heads down. Because if we do, it's a sign that we don't really know who we are or whose we are. If we know that we're kids that belong to the King, we lift up our heads. We are no longer slaves. We're no longer sinners. We are sons and daughters and we are saints because of the finished work of the cross. Therefore, we lift up our heads. We don't drop them in shame. It was for our shame we got a double portion. Isaiah 40. Oh. My hand. Isaiah 40. Are you ready? Here we go. Do you not know? Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, creator to the ends of the earth. Listen, he will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary, and he increases the power of the weak. For even youth grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those, what's this? But those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. Hello. Woo. So, do you not know, have you not heard that the Lord is the everlasting God, creator of the heavens and the earth? Do you know he, his, his understanding no one can fathom? Did you know he gives strength to the weary? For even, even youth stumble and fall. Even when we're young, we make mistakes. But... But Isaiah says, even Isaiah, so David knew something about eagles, but now Isaiah knows something about eagles. Isaiah knows something about the molting eagle. Isaiah knows something about the restoration process of an eagle. Ezekiel knew that Ezekiel, that the, that the eagle represented something about the very nature of God. And he concludes with, don't you know, even youth grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But those who wait on the Lord will renew, well, they will renew their strength. 
They will renew their strength. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not grow faint. And they will soar on wings like the eagles. This eagle, when he's gone through this process, after the other eagles have screamed encouragement and they've, they've hunted for them, they've protected them in the, in the, in the fifth season, in the in-between between season, this, this majestic, beautiful bird will stand on the edge of the nest from which it was first launched. Remember the height to which you've fallen. Go back and do the things you did at first. Some of us, church, need to go back to the things we did at first. Some of you feel like that, that weariness. You feel like that loss of vision, the loss of hearing, the callous beak, the dropped head, the feathers come out. You feel unprotected. Go back to that place of beginning, that place of salvation, that place of the goodness of God. And then this bird will stand with its wings spread out. And it will wait for the updraft of the wind. And with his eyesight restored and his hearing restored and his head lifted up and his beak sharp as a knife, it will lean in catch the updraft and soar again and realize it's only halfway through its life. Church, some of you need to know that the best is just ahead. The best is just ahead. You feel as God, God done with me? I can't see. Today, I want to pray for three people. Number one, for people who feel like, I feel vulnerable. I feel like everything that's secure in my life is being clawed up. Number two, for those who are going through a molting season. And number three, for those who are called to scream. For those who are called, you know you've been through this season and you're not there, but you've been there and you want to be that screamy eagle that screams encouragement over others. If that's you, I want to pray for you. Can we all stand? Just close your eyes for a moment. Taylor, Amy, can you come forward and ministry team, can you come? Oh, God. Just close your eyes tight. Don't worry about anybody else. And the great thing about God is he knows us better than, he, than we know him. Sorry, better than we, know, than we know ourselves. He knows what we need before we ask. We got an amazing ministry team here today. We just want to just lay hands on you, pray for you. Some of you just may want to share what's going on. Others, you just need, just need a touch from the king today. But I want to encourage you, don't let this moment pass. Don't let today pass. God will meet you right where you're at.
Just close your eyes one more time. I'm going to pray. Holy Spirit, please come in this room. Please touch every heart, every life. Thank you that you know every season that we've been in. I thank you that you know our age. You know the number of our days. I thank you that as long as we have a pulse, we have a purpose. And God, whether we feel young and vulnerable, like an eaglet, whether we feel old and molting, like a molting eagle, or whether we feel like we're in that season that you've got to encourage others, to scream over others, to feed other people, to protect other people, to shelter other people. You know, I, I want to just believe this prophetically. As a church, life church, whatever season you're in, God has called us as a family to be screaming eagles. I'm going to say that again. Church, I believe this is the word of the Lord to us this morning. God has called us as a church family, as life church, to be screaming eagles. Nothing you ever go through is ever wasted. The seasons that you've gone through, the seasons that you're going through, the seasons that some of you are in, you're like, I'm just there right now. I remember just this week, just looking back, thinking, God, this is such a great season. This is so awesome. I wanted to talk about outrageous joy this morning. And, but the Lord says, that's where you're at. But I want you to take this right into the valley. I want, because those seasons that I took you through, I want you to show you something about me. I want to show you something about you. When we're most vulnerable, we're most teachable. It's only when we have nothing that we find out if we have something. So if you're number one, you just feel everything's being stirred up. You just raise your hand really quickly. Just put your hand up so I can see. You feel that vulnerable. You feel like the eaglet. You feel like, gosh, I, I guess I, God's, God is teaching me to fly again. I feel vulnerable. Can you just put your hand up again? Number one, number one. Ministry team, can we do something different? Could you just go and gather around those people with their hands up? You stay right where you are. We're going to come to you. All right, while they're doing that, number two, you feel like when we were going through those seven things of a molting eagle, you thought, yeah, that's totally me. Yeah, 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 what happened to my vision? Yeah, yeah, what happened to that? Yeah, yeah, what happened to that? That's, that's me. Can you put your hand up, number two? Hey, we're family here. I'm not going to embarrass you. Just number two. All right, ministry team, who's left? Can you go? Well, hang on, just hold your hand. Keep your hands up. Keep your hands up. As high as you can, number two. Molting eagles. All right. Number three, can you put your hand up if you're a screaming eagle? It's really quick, scream eagle, you're like, man, I'm just, I just feel like I want to scream and encourage other people. Great. Okay, keep your hands up really quick. I'm going to do something. You're going to outwork this right now. Okay, number three is put your hands down. Number two is put your hands up. Okay, number three, go to a hand where there's up and go and start blessing them, encouraging them. 
Okay, just again, if you're number three and you're a screaming eagle, I want you to go and go and gather around the number twos that are going through molting seasons. Number two, put your hands up. It's really high. Number two, you're going through a molting season. We've got some screaming eagles coming your way. <laughs> Come on, Pam. Number threes, get to a number two. If you're number three, you're screaming eagle. Sam, guys, can you, get, can you start moving? Activate some of these guys. Number two, I want everyone who's got your hand raised up, keep it up until someone's there. Just so we're clear, if you're number two and you're going through that season, Sam, guys, we've got some guys, people at the back there. Keep your hands up, number two. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Brandon, we got, could you just put your hand on that lady there? Just lay your hands on that lady. Val. Anybody not been prayed for wants to be prayed for? Oh, thank you, Lord. Oh, Father, as we close today, we thank you that you're the God of seasons. You're the God of, of winter, spring, summer, and fall. And you're the God of all the seasons in between. <laughs> God, we thank you for every season, however much we love it or even hate it, whether it's a season of stirring up, whether it's a season of, of molting, a season that's just so unpleasant, where everything feels off. God, I thank you that you renew us like the eagles. Whether it's a season of screaming over others, encouraging others, comforting others, feeding others. Church, I want to just say, some of you just need to feed other people. Feed them with the word. Feed them with encouragement. Feed them with a meal. Feed them with hospitality. Feed them with time. You know, some people don't need to be told what to do. They just need to know that you care. Some people just need uh, somebody just to listen. They don't need an answer. They didn't need a Mr. 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 or Mrs. Fix-It. They just need to know that someone's there. Oh, I'll ask. Number two, is anybody in number two? You, you, you feel the season of molting. Can you just put your hand up again? You're going through that season. We want to make sure everyone gets prayed for. Here, Rich, over here. Any, uh, any more screaming eagles around here? Okay. Everybody just put your hands up. I'm going to pray one more time. I want everyone to get touched today. One touch of the king will change you forever. Thank you, God. Oh. Oh. Oh God. Wow. Mm. Mm. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to ask musicians to play. Just for a moment, we're going to sing that song again. Some of you, are, I just want you to lift your voice and sing about the goodness of God. All my life, you have been faithful. 
And church, some of you, this is going to be a sacrifice of praise, but God's going to break something as we sing this song. It's going to be a sacrifice of praise because it's, you're, you're declaring truth over your situation. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would just comfort your people today. That every man, every woman, every child, in every season, in every age group, no matter what we're facing, God, I thank you that you know. I thank you that you know. And as we sing this song, Holy Spirit, I ask that you would flood through this place, that you would touch us, you would move in us, you'd meet us. You'd speak to us. Lord, even as we sing, I ask that you would speak. Holy Spirit, you just drop words into each one of our hearts. In Jesus' name.